Welcome back to Range Anxiety for that midweek session. And thanks to ZZ Top, they're giving me all their loving, all their hugs and kisses too. And that's what you get up spending this long in the automotive game. <laughs> no, you don't. You get quite the opposite. You get a kick in the teeth. So welcome back, regular listeners, flogs, flat earthers and fans, because I'm back here for you again this week. Brought to you by the wonderful people at City Motor Group. Nah, they don't even want to know me either. And in fact, I don't, I'm not sure I want to know them anymore. I wanted to park my leaf in there and they turned me down. They thought it was an eyesore. That's a bit rich, isn't it? Hey, eh? Japanese goodness up against Korean and Chinese. Oh, that's what it is. But here we are back today and we're doing a bit of loving. So I got some loving. Last couple of epicasts. And yeah, there's no hobo today. Uh, he's still... Working for the man up in the mines, mucking up big diesels or doing whatever it is he does up there. So it's me by myself, the one and only. And uh, don't worry, Paul will be coming back for our Sunday session. But today, normally I start out and there's been a bit of a um, conundrum. Either I've tried to steal some poor person's innocent leaf or someone's rang up and called me a dickhead. Happens. You know, I'm a big boy, I get over it, I quite like it. But no, the day I actually gained myself a client from this Epicast. Yes, my good friend uh, Kelly McKinnon from Black Diamond Tattoo down there in Port Adelaide. Good company, good people, does a mean bit of ink. He lays ink on people like I lay black tracks out of Tesla's. No, actually he does a bit of a better job uh, than that, of I do of that. But brought his uh, friend to me with an 86 and uh, yep he's going to join the fold as being one of my victims at track 86 and thankfully I, you know like a, a current brz style 86 and i do have a little bit of experience in that regard so that's actually pretty fantastic we're going to turn that thing into an absolute ball tearing a weapon of a device isn't that right roger yeah so we're getting a bit of loving today, and hence the uh, intro track. And it's turned out to be quite a nice week and a quite quite a nice lead up to Christmas. So turned a, a GDR out last week that the guy hasn't blown up yet, which is good because most people, when you ask them to run in a GDR, doesn't involve holding it on the rev limiter in top gear at 300 kilometres an hour for as long as they can find a stretch of track to do it. And uh, I built a very nice supercharger, or Garrett did, I just kind of watched and put some numbers in, very nice uh, sort of supercharged 2650 Harrop equipped Commodore for a gentleman, a VE HSV E3, and, and he's been pretty good at it and loves every minute of it as well, so things have been pretty good around here, we've done some we've done some good work and got a lot of happy people, and I think that's the key with workshops, is a lot of them try and bite off too much, do too many jobs at once, and end up with in cars that aren't quite properly finished and customers that aren't quite properly happy so you know sometimes it's always good when you go somewhere to have a job done to see a full shop i never try and tend to run a full shop because that way there's no spillover in room like if something does go wrong with a client's car you've got no room to have it and fix it and they're going to wait six months so i like to run them a one in one out and my suggestion after all these years in the game is if you can find someone that can do one in one out work and do it efficiently and you don't keep seeing the same car there every time you're there 
they're the people to go with rather than people that have 50 builds on the go because unless they've got 50 staff, 50 work areas and a few extra flyover staff, you're guaranteed that one of them's gonna be pushed in the back corner collecting dust and more than likely that one is gonna be yours. There is nothing exciting or that can give you a chubby about having a car sitting around uh, being generally abused and making a home for spiders in a workshop for 12 months. I'm sure a lot of you have been there and done that. So one in, one out, which doesn't leave me, you know, much time for some of the projects that I've been talking about over the past few months that are my own. So let's see where we're at with everything because it's a little bit boring, really. But let's run through them. The Telstra, the Model 3 Performance, sort of my daily, right? Sort of my daily. Um, yes, I do own it. And uh, we've been trying to make a few parts for it. And we have. It's been a great testing buck, as we call it, for our um, DTEC EV cooling system parts and general Tesla upgrade parts. It's been wonderful for that. And those of you that follow me on social media will notice that there have been a few uh, new parts coming up, such as uh, coming out, such as Tesla Rad and Cool Clamp, and you know it's all part of a hundred cents in a dollar kind of endurance solution for when you take these things on track. Will I be taking it on track? Yeah, I wasn't going to, but you know I get bored with things. I will be taking it on track once uh, Tesla here have fixed uh, the warranty problem that I have. Oh my goodness gracious me, the Telstra is broken. I can imagine everyone there like, yeah, I'm related to Ned Kelly. You should have stuck to petrol, dickhead. Well, it's not actually that broken. That was a little bit clickbaity. In fact, because I'm a fussy mofo, I'm old, I'm fussy, and I like smooth, quiet cars for daily transport, I've noticed there's a little bit of a noise coming out of the front end of the Telstra. And it's not like a ringtone. It's like a, it sounds like a mouse on a spinning wheel when you turn corners, go over a bump, whatever, like, it creaks like an old Viking galley sort of ship, a slave boat. Um, and yeah, so I did a bit of research on it and sure enough, it's a well-known problem. With all Model 3, they, the lubrication in the upper ball joint of the upper control arms tends to ball up and not lubricate correctly i suppose and cause a bit of a squeaking noise now telstra are very 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 well aware of this and i got on like how do you get one fixed i just got on the app requested a service booking it came up they said what's the problem i told them um they were very aware of the problem it's it's common all around the world and uh, they booked me in within two days time to go down to their marvelous service center at uh, tonsley park here in south australia to have the problem fixed. Now, whether they've got the control arms in stock or not, I think they might have, uh, and whether they fix it on the spot, that's two different things. But if I can get in there and get warranty service done in two days from making the booking, I'll be a pretty happy boy, and I'll make sure that I tell you all about it. Um, and yeah, and if they don't, I'll make sure I tell you all about it too. I'm very, very fussy about my Telstra and the condition it's in and the way it runs because it's a cool car and it's one of the nicer cars that I've owned. I know people are going to go, oh, God, Don, could you just shut up about that? But true. And also because I have someone that came to me today and said, as soon as your plaid gets here, I want to buy this car. So I have a guaranteed home for it. So I'll probably stop driving it as much and 
make sure it's all perfect because a good mate of mine wants to buy it and I'll make sure that it's spot on for him. So yeah, we'll finish a bit of parts development. We'll get that in the front end fixed. And uh, Model 3, it's been lovely knowing you. Oh yeah, oh, sorry. The most important thing we have to do with the Model 3 is flog that flog, the one and only Hoobob Paul Halzon at the rolls. Whether we flog him or not, you know, it remains to be seen. You know, there's been lots of conjecture on these epicasts about that. I'm, you know, sitting here pretty confident, particularly since I reckon the first one he's going to be able to make it to is going to be in January or February when the Adelaide sun is out and blistering away at, you know, plus 100F in the old language. So I hope it's nice and hot. We call that blower-friendly weather. <laughs> I love it. Nothing like taking a few killer wasps off it, and I'm sure his Sheng Li Wu tyres may also feel the heat when he puts his foot down. But of course, Paul's upgrading to really good tyres. That's what he does. So that's covered off Telstra News. I mean, all I can do now is sit here and wait for Plaid. We're taking a few bets on that in-house. I'm thinking May, June. Uh, I'm thinking I'm probably wrong there. I'm probably, the others are saying more towards December next year, so maybe a year from when you hear this epicast. Either way, it won't matter. If there's any new upgrades to the car, we'll have them. And if there aren't, then we won't. And there's Gareth. I'm looking at him out the window now, and he's nodding his head, trying to make noise with his little battery-powered rattle gun. That's the one that he was accused once of doing up some trim clips to 300 Newton meters with, which he was very offended about because he's very careful with his torque settings and well, postage stamp got into him about that. <laughs> so I remind him of it, something he hasn't done all of the actual time. Yeah, so when the plaid comes, the three will go. So we got a bit of time with the three and we'll get that cranking in the meantime. So what else? Yes, I've had never-ending, unending dramas with the 507 AMG Edition 507, that 507 horsepower pile of naturally aspirated dinosaur-killing, blood-drinking goodness. Yes, it sounds good if you like that kind of thing. And it goes kind of half all right if you like internal combustion engines with gears. It's actually quite a pleasant thing to drive. But remember when the stereo and air conditioning stopped working? Well, we fixed the stereo and the air conditioning briefly by charging the main battery. It wasn't the AUX battery at all. However, the air conditioning was no good. And I had to get my friend um, Phil Bobo Bunker, the world's smartest auto sparky, to regas it for me. I may have even spoken about this. But it was down. It needed 640 grams of gas in the system and it only had... Uh, 40 grams of gas so the low pressure switch had obviously cut out on it and it was blowing hot air how does that happen in a relatively new car that's never had a stack it's never been in an accident where any lines or pipes could be damaged simple leakage around the seals from not being used and that's the problem with all motor cars is they tend to get very hungry for things when they're not being used you know things that it's it's actually worse for them to sit them there than it is to drive them from time to time and wrap, rack up a few more Ks. That's right. You're not hearing this anytime, anywhere soon. First, this is the way it's always been for a long time. 
you know, like tires get flat spots sitting still for six months and you drive up the, you know, you go up the road and you go, dum, 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 dum. air conditioning stops working, batteries tend to degrade, all sorts of wildlife move into the car. Mice can eat your wiring looms. Here he comes. Mice can eat your wiring looms and, and, you know, generally move into your engine bay. Spiders move in. It's never that good. Um, so yeah, use your cars. Use your cars if you've got them. Oh no, he's opening someone else's blower box. This isn't looking good. Oh, Gareth, what are you doing? Um, shall we ask him? Yeah, we'll ask him. Hey, Gareth, what are you doing there? What? Opening someone else's blower box. Oh, I see. This is what happens when you let customers supply their own parts. You agree to fit them. They order the wrong bloody kit. And then it's like, well, I ordered the right one. We'll take it up with your supplier. Don't expect us to fix it. But being the good guys that we are, we fix it. So, yeah, more horrifically with the AMG, I was having a good look at it because normally it sits in a garage and you don't get a good chance to have a look around the car. It had a massive curb scrape on one corner in the front when I say massive most people would never even notice it but I'm fussy so it was massive and no one knows how it happened now the only people that drive it are Lisa and I and she's been pretty careful with it hardly ever drives it never curbed a rim never done anything shit like that um and she goes well it wasn't me and of course they all say that it wasn't me and I'm thinking well it wasn't me but the hit was big enough that if you had done it you would have noticed it Oh, there's a bit of swearing going on out there now. There's a bit of eye rolling. That's all right. That's what happens. Poor Gareth. Sometimes he gets fed up with it all. And I don't blame him because I offer very, very little support apart from a bit of moral from time to time. So, yeah, um, I had to get the paint guy out and he did a beautiful job. It was just on the bottom of the bar. It was nothing special. But no one knew how it happened. Now, it could have been me. And it could have been Lisa. We're the only two people that drove it. it drive it. It was. It was certainly no one else. It was one of us. But yeah, so I had to have that fixed. And then when I noticed, when I had a good look around the car, so I did a forensic examination. It's got a tiny, tiny, tiniest of little dordings in it. With someone, it was probably there existing when we purchased the car a few years or two and a half years back. And yeah, now I noticed it, but I've just noticed it. And of course, PDR paintless dent repair can fix it. But it's not going to happen anytime soon in South Australia because we just had a huge F-off hailstorm that just smashed literally thousands of cars and getting in for a PDR, paintless dent repair, is going to take in the order of months, which is no problem. We never drive the car. Only the keenest of the eagle-eyed observers would ever even notice that the car's been dented. Uh, but... Every time I see it now, that's the first thing your eyes go to. Have you ever noticed that with a car? As soon as you've got a blemish or something wrong or even a squeak, your eyes, your ears, everything automatically picks up on it. And then you go, I wonder how long that's actually been there for. It all comes back to something that my brother from Melbourne, who's got an SR Plus Model 3 Tesla, said to me yesterday, I can't believe all of these wankers on Tesla Facebook groups treat their cars like it's a baby, for God's sakes, it's a bloody car, right? Get over it and use the stupid thing. Easy for him to say, but he's not a car guy. You know, I um, tend to look at them a little bit more closely and dote over them because that's what I do. Next one in the fleet that's received basically zero attention has been the poor TJ Wrangler. I can't get a hold of a turbocharger manifold for it now, which was the actual aim of what I was doing. Nope. Can't do that. 
So now I've decided to go a different way with the car. Because of COVID uh, car pricing, TJs have taken a huge upswing in value. And being a renegade in, in pretty stout original condition, you know, I was going to sell it to some kid for five grand probably two years ago. It's probably worth about 15 now. And so because, you know, everyone I know has some old rubbish clunker that they collect and think is wonderful, I've decided I'm going to do the same thing. So the Jeep is going to be slowly and lovingly restored, i.e. fresh bits of paint in a couple of spots um, and a couple of new trim bits I can buy offline because it really is in very good nick and maybe a fresh service for Christmas. And the Jeep is going to maintain its um, head of importance, relevance and collectability status at the Donnan household. No, I'm not going to throw a lot of money on it at it because, you know, the, the move to Anglevale, putting in the helipad, getting um, air, you know, traffic approval from CASA and all sorts of other things that us Anglevaleites do has cost me a lot of money. So I had to pull my head in on a few things there. And of course, there is the never ending, uh, looming, impending uh, money pit of a problem that is known as Model S Plaid. So now am I going to get my cheap thrills? Right. We need something that we can wind some grunt into. And I'm sort of scratching my head, you know, the, the, the Telstra Model 3 performance fast enough, the 507, it's original, I don't really want to touch that. Then you don't get a lot out of tuning those things because they're already pretty well highly developed to start with. I mean, it's a normally aspirated 6.2 with a good tune in it. Where are you going to go? Well, good exhaust, good inlets. Where, where are you going to go with that? You know, you either put a supercharger on it and ruin it, or it's a you know, collectability, or you don't. Then Gareth came up with a wonderful idea. He's been reading around because deep down, he, you know, on the surface, he hates uh, EVs, but deep down, he's a tiny Nissan Leaf fanboy. And he's been reading around, and apparently you can juice those suckers up. That thing's only making about, I don't know, I forget, I keep on getting it wrong. I think it was 70 kilowatts. The wheel's nearly 100 horsepower at the wheel's nice flat line. Apparently, with a few tweaks, a bit of software, you can times that by 1.5, and that will start to get exciting. You'll be talking, from what I've seen, naught to 100s in essentially the, you know, I think they do about a 10 standard, and you might get it down to a 6, 6.5, which begins to make it, you know, well, that's the same, uh, that's the same performance, naught to 100, as a new electric Mercedes. It's only in a second a bit, and a bit off a SR3 Model 3. Um, it starts to become a lot more of a serious contender. Apparently you can do it um, with a special tuning cable that we need and some of the existing hardware and software that we have. Uh, you can re reflash the ECU to request more torque, but apparently, but unknown to Gareth, I've done a little more research. I've also got to upgrade uh, or modify the firmware in the power unit to allow that extra uh, gruntage to occur. So that's something we'll be looking into. And if we can do it just with software, because software is what we do, it doesn't really cost any money. Um, other upcoming things. So the Leaf, is it's, it's going to be fun. It's going to use a lot more power and a lot more battery, but that's good because we've actually got the Leaf to develop a later generation, um, non-convectionally uh, cooled battery pack for it. I can't really say a lot more about it than that, but... I'd like to see higher rates of battery degradation than we're actually seeing in that car, because it's actually been pretty darn good. I wish it wasn't as good as it was. So there you go. If you've got a little leaf, watch out for people stealing them and get ready to juice them up. 
a little front-wheel drive, single-pegger burnout would be a marvellous thing, and I intend to be able to do that, hopefully not long after Christmas. But I'll leave that one to Gareth, because secretly he's a leafaholic. Other news. The YouTube channel starting to, uh, or planning for such, is starting to take a bit of shape. The new pad has a room... You know, you see a lot of YouTubers and it looks like they're doing it in their mum's kitchen, but they've got like 3 million subscribers. Um, we're going to be a little bit more professional than that. And, you know, we've developed like a studio in the Anglevale pad that's going to have some nice car stuff in it and proper mics and proper cameras. And, you know, we're not going to be wearing backwards facing hats or anything like that. We are, we are going to be wearing hats, Paul and I, though, because we don't have a lot of tread upstairs <laughs> and we do have heads for radio um so yeah we're developing a nice little room for that and of course we'll be out doing live stuff in the cars because i'm sure i mean who wouldn't want to experience the ppre wuhan war whistle at full flight or that supercharged vf that paul thinks is like you know a top fueler that is about to get flogged by a toaster so yeah, we're working hard on that, and um, Paul's actually coming over this Friday night when he's back, and we're going to have a little bit of a, a planning session, a meeting, probably three to four men in blacks each, and then perform our impromptu, an, an impromptu Sunday session on a Friday night. So if you thought Streco 2 was bad, I urge you to switch off for this Sunday session, because it's going to be great. Now, I've got some good things that I'm going to surprise him with, he may, I'm not going to say much about it, but he will listen to this before, he'll listen to this on the plane home tomorrow night before he comes to the Sunday session, um, but I've got some good things to stump him, I'm already planned it, and I've already got my intro music lined up, it's going to be none other than the theme out of Skippy the Bush Kangaroo, so we're going to have a very Australian theme, we're going to cover some things Australian that we may have touched on in previous epicasts before um, but we're going to do it better this time so what I want you to do if you're listening to this you've got three days two days two days and I insist you send me feedback of what you want me to do to stump Paul on the Australiana front and you must send me the feedback to dtech d-t-e-c-h at s-e-n-e-t dot com dot a-u and I know with thousands of subscribers now and literally thousands 16,000 was the last listener batch that I had a look at we're up there in the rankings we're doing okay so it's not going to be that hard for like one in every hundred of you to send through a bloody email with me at uh, email to me not with me to um stump Paul on a few of the curlier questions we're going to do that and we're going to do that Friday night for your Sunday session a uh, quick wrap up before we go it wouldn't be an epicast without a mention of Streco. Um, the only reason we're talking about him so much is because Willunga Hill Climb was just run and won, uh, but not by Streco. The car is still performing faultlessly. The GDR, he went to page, I think he got fifth, fourth, fourth, sorry, Streco, fourth. He went to page 292, paragraph 3, section C, clause 1.16, the book of excuses entitled No Grip. There are no excuses, everyone uh, can buy a new set of tyres and everyone is on the same road. But what's really good to see about Streco is even though he's getting a bit older like the rest of us and going a bit slower, the car's actually reliable and he's actually having some fun in it. Because after all, when you're spending a couple of hundred thousand dollars a year to race 
for a couple of $5 plastic trophies, having fun is really what it's all about. And that's what range anxiety is all about. And on that note, thank you for tuning in and listening to this wonderful Epicast.